I'm, I'm trusting and expectant that as I share this morning with you on this topic of prayer, that you would walk out here going, I want to pray. I want to pray. I need to pray. And it's not just because I'm pumped you up and empty, but because the revelation of what the Word says about it has gripped your heart and it, and it, and it transforms you. You know, I believe that, that as we spend time in the Word and as we, as we share around the Word and as we meditate on the Word, our whole thought patterns can change and adjust and we align ourselves with the will of the Father. And in doing so, we bring Jesus glory. And in doing so, we become just like He really wants us to become. And so I really want to encourage you guys that as we focus on, on prayer, but, uh, that it'll become something that beats with your heart, that you won't go for a minute without just stopping and going, hey, I haven't prayed, or like, just, like it literally becomes part of a way of life for us as a people. And uh, I don't know, I, I mean, it's, be, it's quite an interesting thing to think about, and, um, and I, I do want to look at a little bit about what the Word says. Well, well, really, the Word says a lot about prayer, and it's always good to have a foundation in Scripture. But I, I, I want us to know and, and to realize that, that first and foremostly, God wants us to pray. Okay, He wants us to pray. He actually wants us so much to pray that He wants us to be devoted to prayer. So it's a little bit stronger than just wanting. I can want you to be my friend, but I, but I can't. Devotion and wanting two little different things. Like if we're devoted, I, I want to be Nikki's husband, but I, I actually I'm devoted to Nikki. It's a little bit different. And so if we're looking in the New Testament specifically, and I'm going to put up a, a few scriptures, but there's a word that keeps coming up in those scriptures. And, uh, we'll, and it's that word devoted. And it's probably used about 10 times in the New Testament, believe it or not, that word, specifically with the same meaning and origin. And five of those 10 times is around prayer. That's quite interesting. That of the times that that word is used, of half of the time is specifically to prayer, devotion to prayer. And so let's turn in our Bibles to the first chapter, uh, the first uh, scripture reference would be Romans chapter 12, and um, I know I gave you just 12, but I, uh, sorry, Benji, I, I had it highlighted, but anyway, um, can we get, maybe, a, uh, it's going to take time, and I don't want us to take too much time, because we've already gone on for quite a bit this morning, but rejoicing in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, and that word constant, also in other translations, is be devoted in prayer, let's jump to our all-time favorite, Acts 2.42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking bread, and the prayers. They devoted themselves to the prayers. Let's look at uh, Acts 1, verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer. So, and supplication, that again, the word there in some translations, and you're using the NKJV, I don't know what that word is, New King James, that's Benny's favorite, I'm the ESV guy, but anyway, it's fine, and they, but basically other translations, and they devoted themselves to prayer, 
All right, Colossians. Let's turn to Colossians 4, 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Pray also for us. So there again, that word as well, steadfastly. So I know these are different uh, uh, translations, but the root word is the same. It's devotion. It's devotion. Giving yourselves specifically, being set aside. And it's an interesting word. And, and, and actually, I, I almost threw out the whole thing on, preach, on, on prayer this morning and really just wanted to speak about devotion. Because, because there's so much emphasis on that word and so much richness in the word devotion that we can get. And I tell you, if we truly understand what it means to be devoted, I believe the face of this church will change. Because I, I don't think we truly get it. I don't think we truly get what it means to be devoted. We think we're devoted. And I, and, 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 and I must say, I, I, I was mulling this whole thing. And, you know, for many people, Christianity, church attendance, being part of the body of Christ, is an add-on. It's like, this is my life. I um, do this. I do that on a Wednesday. I do that on a Thursday. I do that on a Friday. And some days I go to church. It's just an add-on. When it, when, I, when it suits me. You know, when, I'm not, when I don't have visitors, I'll go to church. But when I've got guests over, I can't go to church because I've got guests. Or I've, um, you know, I've got a surfing competition because no one surfs here. I could use that. I can't use the fishermen because <laughs> then they think I'm talking about them and I can't use the, the hunters because <laughs> then they think I'm talking. But maybe I should. I can't come to church because I've got a surfing competition. I've got a horse riding competition. I've got a ballet show. Oh, not that ballet shows are on Sundays anyway. I think this thing of devotion is a very foreign concept to many of us in the world. And my hope, as much as I want you to be devoted to prayer, but I want you to be devoted to Jesus and the things of Jesus and to be devoted to His bride. To be devoted to one another, to be devoted to the fellowship, to be devoted to, 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 to this. Not only just coming to church on a Sunday, but, but being devoted to spending time with one another in the week, in the family. Spending time with family. If I'm devoted to my family, means I spend time with my family. I invite them into my space and into my, my little bubble. I don't just see them once a week. I don't just see them maybe twice a week. I see them regularly. That's what it means to be devoted to a family. Devotion, specifically set aside, designated for a task and giving myself to it. I'll say that again for you. Specifically set aside, designated by God for a task and giving myself to it. That's what it means. Now, I'm devoted to Nikki. She's my wife of almost 20 years. Does that mean I spend every make waking making every waking moment with her? Not really, but I'm devoted to her. I give her my highest priority. She's my highest priority after God. Before my kids. I'm devoted to her. I lay my life down for her. When she is in need or when she's feeling clean. 
gesmol, lekker Afrikaans, sy voel klein voel, dan is ek groot vir haar, sy klein hartjie, dan is ek groot hartjie vir haar, because I'm devoted to her, and in the same way, God is calling us to be, not only devoted to one another, in this, in the family, devoted, but devoted to prayer, that prayer is, something that we hold with high regard in our lives. Praying doesn't only mean I pray when there's a crisis. Being devoted to pray doesn't only mean I pray when there's a crisis or when someone needs healing. Being devoted to pray doesn't mean I only pray at bedtime before I go to sleep or before a meal. We were actually talking about that the other day. Where did that ever come in that we pray before a meal? Because if we look in the Bible, they actually, there is, there is a case in the Bible when Jesus prayed, yes, but, it, but, it, um, but I think somehow along the generations, this thing of bless the food. How can we pray, God, would you bless the food? The food is blessed already. He made it. It's like, it's strange. Anyway, it's just, we just, I was just mulling over some weird thoughts. I don't want to confuse you. I think when we pray, we need to give thanks for the food. We need to give thanks for the food. Thank you, Lord, that you have provided that, that I can put food on the table. Anyway, I don't want to go down there. But, um, but being devoted to prayer is not only praying for a, through a crisis or through mealtime, bedtime, or for a parking space. <laughs> hey, we want to go to Diskim. You're in York Street. Oh, Lord, there'll be a parking space at Diskim. Hey? You had a fast and pray for a parking space at this game. But, but prayer is not, that's, that's not devoted to prayer. That's not being devoted to prayer. Being devoted to prayer is, is giving of ourselves as it being something that, that literally is part of who we are. That we are, like I said just now, we're designated by God for this task, that it's that, you know, we cannot go through the day without praying. It's, it's, there's so much, so much in that word, so much that, and, and you know what, I, I honestly believe that we can, we can look at the scriptures and we can, we can read and understand, and, and, but unless the revelation comes, they're just words. You know, the Bible without the Spirit is just a book. The Word of God without the Spirit of God. It's just a book. We need the Spirit of God to make it alive to us, that it transforms us and changes us. And you know, sometimes there's a danger in us just wanting the head knowledge. There's a danger in us just wanting what's written in the pages. But it's so important that when we read what's written in the pages, that we, we read it with the Spirit of God, that it brings it alive to us, that we can walk out of place and go, man, when, when I see that word devoted, when I see that thing, where it said that, that they devoted themselves, and, and I meditate on that, and I think about that. I go, Jesus, is that what it means? That you've called me to be devoted, to be given to that thing solely, that, that when there's a prayer meeting called, man, that's my highest priority, that, is, that when, I'm, when I'm with my family, man, we pray. We, we get together and we pray. We don't just go, oh, no, I don't feel like it. It's too hard. That we give of ourselves to it. I was like, I was really, I mean, I've like really been mulling over this, and I don't know if I'm going to do it justice this morning, but like I often wonder what are the things that prevent us from praying? 
What are the things that prevent us from praying? Any, any thoughts? Pride? Distraction? Lazy? What did you say? Sleep? Sorry? Lack of love? Technology? <laughs> Definitely. Priorities are wrong? And a misunderstanding of how God works. Because then we'll be disappointed. Because the last time I prayed, He didn't answer me. So why must I pray again? I think some of us, yeah, def- definitely that's, that's one thing. Is like, man, I prayed and God never answered my prayer. So why should I pray to Him again? Or like, uh, so is that, is that the measure of your faith? Are you measuring your faith based on the fact that maybe God did answer your prayer. He just didn't answer it the way you were hoping Him to answer it. Because God does say no sometimes. Often we're always thinking, God, will you do this for me? And we're expecting a yes. We're expecting a yes. And he's actually saying, no. And we're like, God, please, why can't I have that car? And he's saying, because I don't want you to have that car. I don't want you to have that. And so we get, I'm not going to pray to God anymore because he doesn't answer my prayer. It didn't come for me, through for me in that situation. Isn't that also a bit rooted in pride? Arrogance. Thinking more of yourself than you ought to, hey? Selfishness. Why do we struggle to pray? Why? Why do? Then I I asked the kids a question this week. Why do we struggle to pray aloud? So that's maybe jumping ahead of myself. Why do we struggle to pray? Just think about it. Why do you struggle to pray? Just ask yourself that question. Why do I struggle to pray? And then there's obviously the context of praying alone. And that's the how. How do we pray? Pray alone and praying publicly. Why, do, why can I pray alone? Why can't I pray publicly? I can have a conversation with someone publicly, but I can't pray to God publicly. Why do we struggle with that? I'm like, I'm really, I'm like, I, I, I was, well, maybe we'll get there now, but I'm like, I, I, think about that. Why do we struggle to pray alo- uh, aloud publicly? Is it, again, pride, fear of man? You know, how many of you know fear of man is rooted in pride? Because it's, I'm afraid of what people will think of me, so I'm more important. So it's like, what are people going to think of me if I pray like this? Okay, so we'll, we'll maybe talk about this now. So wh- why do we pray? Why do we pray? Well, because it's instructed in the Bible. I think I uh, gave you five, four scriptures that there's this clear, distru- this clear devotion be devoted to pray, pray always. We see throughout the Bible, and there are tons of scriptures, and we don't have time to go through all them, but there is a lot of evidence that praying is important. Jesus prayed. Let's follow his example. <laughs> hey? Jesus prayed. He prayed a lot. I mean, he even starts off his ministry by spending 40 days praying and fasting. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I mean, uh, I, I struggle to fast. I mean, how many of us love fasting? <laughs> no, I don't think there's one of us that loves fasting. <laughs> but he starts with, so Jesus is an example. So why should we pray? Well, firstly, because God commands it. He instructs us to pray. He instructs us to pray. And because, you know what, he acts when we pray. Uh, uh, I was uh, listening to a preacher of Andrews, and it actually was mine. Mind-boggling, because it 
goes against some schools of thought, and I know some of you are going to shut down if I say it. <laughs> but do you know that you can change God's mind? Some of you might go, but God's sovereign. He does what he, but God will do what he wants. Yes, God is sovereign. I believe in the sovereignty. But I believe, and Scripture points to a lot of examples where man changed God's mind. That's quite something, that we could change God's mind. That God will act when we pray. Do you believe that? I think sometimes we don't pray because we, well, again, we got to that thing because of fear of disappointment that he never acted when we did pray. But I think God has acted. He just didn't act in the way we expected him to act. He didn't respond in the way we expected him to respond. So we go, well, yeah. But he does. He does respond. I've just had a very, shame. I mean, I've got a, a close friend that's moving to America, and it's a whole long process with passports and visas and everything for his family. And he has believed all along that he's going to America, and he's been praying, and their church has been praying for them, and they've had many prophetic words and everything. And, and so they went in faith to the consulate and trying to get their appointment, and in faith they were going to get an appointment, and they got an appointment at the American consulate in Cape Town. And that, yes, this is coming, and they, they, they thank you, Jesus, they're celebrating, and they get to that window, and the lady behind the window, because you don't sit down with them in the American consulate, they behind a glass shield. And she just looks at him and says, sorry, sir, you can't come into America. Like, like just everything. And I'm like, like God, I thought we'd prayed, and we thought, we said, I know God's doing something deeper in his life, and we've been talking about it. I know God's doing something deeper. And, but, he's, but one of the things he did say to me, he said, Chad, you know, that even if, even if God doesn't allow this to happen, because I've been praying and asking God, my faith will still be in that he is good. He is good. It's not going to cause me to lose my faith. It's not going to cause me to shudder and stumble and think, oh, God, you've let me down. You know, we need to pray because the needs of this world are huge. It's desperate. Paul says to the people, he says, pray for us, pray for the harvest, pray, pray for us, pray for those that we're, we're sharing the gospel to, that they would get saved. The needs of this world are huge. Come on, what's happening in our world? It's hectic. I mean, we need to be praying. Our needs as well, I mean, you say, oh, but that's quite selfish. Well, actually, yes, we do have needs, and, but that's, why, that's the amazing thing, is God allows us, in His grace, to, for us to pray for our needs. The Bible instructs us clearly. God acts when we pray, and the needs of this world are huge. That's why we need to pray. So how do we pray? I think sometimes we get, because I think, I think we can all settle that we need to pray, eh? Is anyone that still doesn't agree with me? Maybe I haven't clarified it enough. Okay, we're all happy. We need to pray. <laughs> I think sometimes we, we get caught up on the how part, and then that's why we don't pray. And why I said, why don't we pray out aloud is because you don't know how to. And, and well, some of us don't know how to. And, and we're like, what do I say? Or like, like, like what, what, what do I actually pray about? Because I'm like, I'm there and I feel like I've got a, mon a mournful tunnel. This, I, Bob prayed next to me and he prayed so beautifully and eloquently. And, and it was just like King James English. And I'm like going, Axtos Buddha Afrikaans person. He said, I can't pray like that, you know. 
And so I think so often we get caught up in that, that we don't want to pray because of the language barrier. I've heard it said, I don't want to pray because I'm Afrikaans. Please, kick that out the door. If you can't pray in English, then pray in Afrikaans. Pray in Afrikaans. I mean, I know Jacques, I've often said to him, dude, but in Afrikaans. This is the whole getal. No one understands it. Not the Jews. <laughs> no, we need to be praying, and we need to pray in a way that, that we can be relaxed. And, and, you know, don't try and pray like someone who prays in high convoluted English. Like, who are you kidding? God knows you. He's like, hello, who are you? <laughs> Is that Chad? Lord, I beseech thee this day. That you would hear unto me my parts prayer. He's like, Chad, is that you? <laughs> what happened to you, bro? <laughs> yeah, what happened to you, man? <laughs> like, we get, we get caught up in that thing of like, I can only pray a certain way. And it's, prayer is like, like it's a holy thing and it's only be, to be done at certain times. For goodness sake, that is what culture has drilled into us. That, you know, I, I never forget those those pictures of when people come into the sanctuary, the church, and they sit down there, and it's all quiet, and the pews are there, and they're sitting quietly, and gentle Jesus, meek and mild, don't say anything, and they're busy praying quietly. There is place for that, yes, but that's not all it is. Your prayer needs to be quiet at times, but it needs to be loud and fervent. It needs to be you praying, because it, God created you. He didn't create you to be, someone like, be like someone else. He gave you an identity. He gave you an ability. He gave you words. You an accent. Your accent is, is um, I've gone blank on the word. It's specific to you, indigenous to you. I was going to say, <laughs> what? What? Unique. Thank you. Thank you is the word. Your accent is unique to you. So don't be embarrassed by it. You're quite comfortable having a conversation with people. And you're quite comfortable with your accent in that context or the way the words come out, then why do you feel when you, you come before God that you have to be all different? I don't understand that. I'm like, come on. He's given us an ability to just be who he made us to be. And I, I'm sure when Adam was walking in the garden, he didn't get all weird with God. When, when Moses, when Abram, they didn't get all weird. They were just themselves. And so often we try and be someone else that it just stunts us. And so we're in a context and we're so afraid of whatever, and we... we we heard in that down. Are we so afraid of what other people are thinking about us? And like, am I going to say the wrong thing? So what if you say the wrong thing? It's okay. If it comes out wrong, it's okay. doesn't matter. But be bold and be, be courageous enough to open your mouth. You know, often as parents, we train our children to greet the visitors and to greet the folk when they come. And I know I'm going to step on many toes. Because <laughs> then they say, Ach, no, he's shy. He's shy. He's shy. He's shy. He's shy. You know what? He's not being shy. He's actually, you're allowing him to do what he wants to do. And he's actually being rude. And so we drilled it into our kids that when someone greets you, you talk to them. So when Jesus, so don't say, I'm too shy. To speak to Jesus. Can I just suggest that maybe you've been rude to Jesus? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I know, like, I'm, I might be stepping on toes here, but really, Jesus has given us the freedom 
if we can have conversations with one another and sit and have a cup of coffee and talk about the weather and talk about the fishing and the golf and the cricket and the rugby, why can't we sit and do that with Jesus? Why? Because it goes against the flesh. And who rules the flesh? Sometimes the devil, he is, and he hates it when we pray, and so he's doing everything in his power to stop us from praying. He's doing everything. Like you said, bringing all those distractions in, the cell phone, the bird. Oh, look at that bird. <laughs> well, the dogs are barking. I mean, that's some of my challenges. I'm out in my garden, and I'm praying to Jesus, and a lure flies past. <laughs> oh, look at that. What bird's that? Just suddenly trying to find out what bird that is. Distractions. So when we pray, when we pray, are we, we can pray free. We can, have, we can pray somanet asons vil. You know, sometimes it's just, just pray like you would pray. But I want to also suggest that sometimes you can pray in a structured form, which helps. Because sometimes if we, we can pray scripture, you know that we can pray scripture. It's powerful. Have you ever prayed scripture before? Anyone? Should we do one? Come, let's, let's do an example. Let's, let's, let's pray a scripture. Any, any takers? How many? Because sometimes we don't know how to pray, so we get stuck on that. So, Okay. I can't see you now. You're blurry. That's it. Okay. The earth. Okay. Psalm 24. We're gonna pray. I'm gonna pray Psalm 24. Now, should we put it up there? And I want to show you how you can pray it. Actually, that's easier. Then we can see how you can pray a scripture. Because so often we think, I don't have the words. I don't know what to pray. So if you're struggling with that, use scripture. And this is just an example. Hey, Psalm 24. Lord, the earth is yours and the fullness thereof. I've just changed the sentence structure and I've made it more personal. Lord. I come before you this evening or this morning, and I just look at the earth that you have formed in the fullness. It's yours, Lord. It's yours, the world, and those who dwell in it. They're yours, Jesus. They're yours. For you start, you, you, found, you founded the sea, Lord. Lord, you created everything. Lord, you created everything, and you established rivers. You put the oceans in place. Lord, you did it. You put the trees in their place. You did it all, Father God. And Lord, your word says, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Father God, I pray that I would be able to ascend your hill this morning. That I would be able to come into your presence. And I would be able to stand before you holy. Lord, if there's any unholiness in my life right now, Lord Jesus, would you forgive me? Would you cleanse me? Lord, I want to come into your holiness, Lord, because I know that sin cannot enter into your presence. I guess I'm adding extra words here, but can you see how my thought has been changed my frame of reference because I've got a bit of a guideline. For the young guys, I know some of us struggle to pray. That's how we can pray. We can, who ha, Lord, I pray, Lord, that I would have a clean, clean hands, a pure heart. There, I've actually, I've, what I've just said now, there it is a bit later. Lord, that I would have a pure heart before you because I now need to come into your presence with a pure heart, with clean hands, without sin, Lord. 
Lord, that you will receive a bless, that what he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from God. Lord, I pray that I would receive your blessings. So, so you see, that's just one example. But there are so many ways that you can pray in a structured way that helps you. You don't need to be, um, oh, Jesus, I thank you for mommy and daddy and for Tony and Sonny. And, and Lord, I, this, this reading scripture teaches you to pray. It teaches you. It gives you, gives you ability. So when you're sitting there going, I don't know what to pray. You go, it's just Psalm 23. Easy. Thank you, Lord, that you are my shepherd and I will not want for anything in you. That's how we pray. That's, you know, that's why, that's why the Psalms, that's why we have the Bible, is that we can, we can get some help. We don't have to do this alone. We don't have to do it alone. And I love, uh, one, of, one of the guys I love, enjoy reading is, is John Piper. And I was just reading through some of his transcripts and reading. And, and, and the way he loves to pray, the structured pattern that he likes to pray, is he starts, he, he prays in concentric circles. You can imagine <laughs> in your mind. You've heard what a concentric circle is. Well, it's that spiral, like a, like a shell. And so he starts at the center with the things closest to him, like his family. Lord, he prays for his family. He prays for his children. He prays for his wife. He prays. Look, he prays for them first. Then he goes out a little bit further from, then he goes into the next thing. He goes, he prays for the church that he's leading, the elders that he's leading with. He's, he's praying as he's going, it gets wide. And eventually he starts to pray out in the outskirts maybe for the world and for the Taliban and the situation in Afghanistan and that kind of thing. But he starts off. And so it's just a pattern that helps him to pray. See, guys, what I'm wanting you to see is I think sometimes we get caught up in the mechanics and, and, and we just, we need basic tools. These are tools, what I'm giving you this morning. It's not like a, like, I think they're sometimes just very basic. And some of us are going, I know this, I've got it, I've got it right. Well, that's great, wonderful. But I think there are many of us who just get hung up in prayer because we, 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 we can't do this. So, free prayer or structured prayer with lists. We can write, if it, need, if it helps to have a list of things to pray, do it, write a list. Like, because in, in the moment, I can't remember who I've got to pray for. So get a list. How many of you guys have got lists? Anyone? There we go. There's a couple of guys have lists. And that's wonderful. Then they, it's just a, what's that? Ah, there we go. There's that list again. And we pray. And we go through, oh, yes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, forgot to pray for so-and-so this morning. Lord, I pray for my work situation, my husband's work, or my whatever. It's helpful to have a list of things to pray for. Then, what about praying alone? I mean, it's good to be praying alone, but I, and I trust that most of us are able to do that. But I, what I've noticed, though, is the coming together part, praying in a group context, that that's where we sort of hit stage fright. And I, again, I think it comes down to that thing of pride, fear of man, fear of what the people might next to us. And they're going, well, these said it already, so I can't say it now. That, I, know, I think Becky said that to me when I was asking her. She says, no, because they've said it already, so now what must I say? Doesn't matter. In a, when we're praying together, if we're saying the same, if you're saying the same thing as me, it doesn't matter. Why get caught up in those things that it's going to stop you from actually even just praying to God? So, with that being said, we get together normally about half an hour or so before the meeting starts to pray. Did you know that? And you're welcome to join us. You're welcome to join us. That's something we kind of have as a bit of a thing in place. 
we were praying regularly on a Wednesday morning. Guys, we mixed it up a bit. We get, we get together in homes and pray. How many of you guys get together just randomly and pray? Not many of us. That's an area. <laughs> Some of us putting our hands there. Some of us. But I think there needs to be more room for that, that we just get together and have a bra and then end up praying together. I mean, not just for the food. <laughs> yeah, not just for the food. Often, when we have people around for a meal in our home, we're like, some guys like to have a bit of worship together, but we'll just, can we pray with you before you go? Let's just pray for you before we go. Let's just give thanks for the evening together. And inevitably, in a time like that, God starts to move, gives us prophetic words. We start to maybe, man, I've been struggling with this. Let's pray for healing. That's devoted to prayer. Not going, great bra, choppies was lacquer, rumes klar, coffee no da, cheers. <laughs> Is that the list? Eh? Choppy, doppy, and a bultong. Yeah. And a, and a rumes. <laughs> Choppy, a cool drink, and a rumes. Why not praying for and just say, hey, thank you, Jesus, for the day. Thank you for the opportunity to get together and pray together. Thank you, Jesus, that we have friends, that we have family. Lord, we want to lift up those less fortunate than us, Lord. And, and Lord, come on. Hey, make sense? Yes? No? All right? I'm wondering. I'm looking around the room going, I'm, I'm seeing some deadpan looks and going, some happy looks. A little bit of encouragement here. Please. <laughs> yeah. Do you have to pray for long? Do you have to pray for long for hours a day? At least three hours a day. No, honest. Hundreds of five minutes. I like that, right? <laughs> Sometimes our prayers can be short. Jesus, please protect me. The shark's going to eat me. Sometimes there can be a moment of praise, like, thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Lord, I love you. Lord, I worship you. Thank you, Lord, that you've protected me. And then sometimes we need to sit down and we need to turn the, like I said, get rid of the phone and the distractions and actually just spend time with Jesus. You know, he wants to spend time with you. He does. And he wants you to spend time with him. He wants you to converse with him. It's, and I, you know what I realized as well, why this is so hard is, is because it actually comes down to one thing. What is probably the hardest thing in a marriage? Communication. I, I think. I don't know if anyone else got anything harder than that. <laughs> but one of the hardest things in a marriage is communication. That's probably the one thing we have to work on the most. Hey? How we what we say to our wife or each other or how we say what we say or did I hear it properly? No, I didn't say that. I said this. But I read it this way. We often have those things. Come on. Come on. Am I alone? <laughs> you don't have that problem? That's great. <laughs> All the single guys. <laughs> hey? Hey, Vic? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, eh? Yeah, no, Lavi's like, no, we're great. <laughs> Communication. So can I, can, I, can I suggest as well that probably why we, why we struggle to pray as well is because it's a communication thing. And so often it's because we think it's one-sided. How many of you go like, I'm tired of praying because it always feels like I'm the only one saying anything? 
Like that's, like, that's a discussion I've had with people. Like, why must I pray? It feels like I'm the one always doing the talking. Or maybe must keep quiet a bit too. Because God does want to speak. He's just so busy listening to you. Or you're just filling it. So sometimes praying requires that you sit quietly and listen. Because prayer is a communication. It's, it's talking and listening. It's talking and listening. So we, oh, Jesus, and he hasn't spoken to me. Well, have you bothered to listen? Or maybe the last time he spoke to you, you didn't listen. And he's like, okay, well, maybe I'm not going to talk again until. So I've guys often say, yes, God doesn't speak to me. I said, well, let's go to the last time he spoke to you. What did he ask you to do? And did you do it? Because if you didn't, maybe it's because you didn't do what he told you to do. Maybe there was a, a disobedient moment there. And um, he's going, I'm still waiting for you to respond. Sometimes our prayers can be quiet and gentle, and sometimes they can be explosive and passionate. <laughs> Come on, bold and courageous, and sometimes just quiet. And please don't say, but I'm not an explosive person. I'm not. Trust me, when there's no one in that bedroom with you, I can guarantee you can get loud and vocal. Eh? Even the quietest of us here can get loud and vocal. If you can shout and scream at the dog, you can shout and scream praises to Jesus. If that spider's in the room and it's about, leave me, if you can be expressive in any moment because there's a spider or a cockroach, eh? true story, come on, true story, eh? <laughs> yeah. And then lastly, in closing, our, our prayers can be spontaneous. We don't have to plan a prayer meeting to have a prayer meeting. All right. Like I said just now, have a bride summer. And then just, you know, it requires faith. I mean, but I think sometimes we're waiting for someone to get up. And who's the leader? A Chad's here. He's the elder. It's up to him. You know, if you've got that mentality that it's up to the elders to do anything, then you're in the wrong church because <laughs> we're a priesthood of believers. I have a different function. But it's not up to me because I'm the holy guy. I'm not the holy guy. I my wife. <laughs> no. <laughs> Really, really. <laughs> no, but honestly, I think sometimes we like going, it's up to, and I'm, I'm joking, is that, was he Domini? Domini, it's a bleep bit. I often, I go to lunch at my in-law's house and my father-in-law, Chad, will you pray? Like, what is it with me? Like, it's your house. You pray. It's your house. If it's your house, you're the leader. If you're having people in your home, take lead. Hey, guys, can I just thank the Lord for the meal? Like, don't like, offered we go to, <laughs> I'm going to tease him now, Wagner. We went to the house for a bra. Oh, I've got three elders here now because some visiting elders from Cape Town were visiting. And we, it's like, okay, I've got three elders. And he's suddenly feeling intimidated because which one are you going to pray? I said, Wagner, this is your house, bro. You're the lead elder in this house, actually. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just a visitor in your home right now. You take charge. And so we often try and, abscond the authority because there's someone in our house. No, man, pray. You're a priesthood. Priesthood of believers. Lead. Do it. Pray spontaneously. We do have scheduled, scheduled prayer meeting. I said 8.30 we try and, you know, sometimes it's good to have those scheduled things around us because often we have, you know, so I, and I believe sometimes when it's a weak muscle, you need to you need to put a bit of a thing in place just to give it some support and help. So for seasons, we'll have prayer meetings where they're regular kind of thing for seasons. But I want to, don't wait for the elders to announce a prayer meeting, really. 
if you have a, if you're devoted to prayer, you will pull a bunch of guys to pray. Like someone a little while ago actually moaned at me. They said, you don't do enough prayer meetings as a church. I said, are you moaning at me or are you moaning at yourself? Because if we're not doing enough prayer meetings in the church, whose fault is it? Really? Because yes, I'm leading the church, but you have a responsibility before Jesus to pray. And I have shared it enough times from the front that we're a priesthood of all believers, that every single one of us is a part of the body. So if you're feeling called to pray, pray. Make a few phone calls and say, guys, I feel burdened to pray for Chad and Bob and Benny. And when John comes on, you can add John into the mix. We've got the BBJ. <laughs> the BBJ. BBCJ. We've got to change it now. <laughs> it's not JLB. <laughs> Just sorry, inside humor. But you feeling, you feeling led to pray for us as a leadership, then you say, like Mark, pick up the phone. Hey, not this. Man, let's get together. Let's pray for Chad and the elders. They're going on a camp. They're going to be waiting on the Lord. Let's just pray for them. Nealis, phone Retief. Hey, bud, come, let's pray. You don't have to wait for the elders to initiate prayer meetings. I said to this couple a while ago, I said, man, you guys are having prayer meetings in your home with who? You and your wife, your dog, and your cat. What about the rest of us? Are we chopped liver? Can we not come and join you? Like, why don't you pick up the phone and phone and say, we feel an urgency to pray. Won't you come and pray with us? Or just your community, send a note. You have the freedom to do that. I want to, so it's a bit of a mindset that I want to break because I think it's like this traditional thing that creeps in from the world that says it's got to come from the elder, the leader that's got to organize the prayer event. No, you are the priests. You are the priesthood. Do it. Do it. Be devoted to prayer with one another. Be devoted to prayer. Okay, because klaar gepreek. Moe gepreek. But I'm excited because I'm trusting that as you get inspired to do this, you know, that, that you will, we will become a people who are passionate, not only in our alone time, but, I mean, this morning was amazing that for about half an hour, we sat here praying for people for healing. and. Man, that's amazing. That's, it. that's what it should be like. In community, if your comm leader hasn't prayed, you just stop the bus and say, hey, Quinton, can we just pray? Hine, <laughs> uh, can, can we just pray before we go home? Like sometimes guys forget they get caught up in the swing of things and it just happens. But if we're all on board, if we all have this value, if we all are devoted to it, we won't drop the ball. We won't drop the ball. We're all devoted to it. Just come say that again. Come, Pratos. Seeing this, what was it that we did over the weekend? Okay, that thing. <laughs> Andrew said that um, he reminded the church that yes, the Bible says we will do greater things than what Jesus did, but it wasn't. But in Andrew's opinion, it wasn't meant to as one person will do bigger, bigger things than Jesus did. It was a collective. You, the church, everybody together will do bigger and more things than what Jesus did. Sure. Hey, Jesus said that you will do greater things than I did. Paul, Nardis, Nkosi, 
Verne. Duan. We will do greater things. Yeah. Can we do this? I'm excited for this, guys. We are going forward in the things of Jesus. This is what he's called us to. Let us be a people devoted to one another, devoted to prayer, devoted to the apostolic. That Acts, let's put that Acts 2.42. I want to close on that scripture again. Because this really... Um, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Next week, Sunday, Russell, apostolic, devote, give of yourself, be committed, be faithful, come to fellowship, fellowship, hanging out with one another. If you're moaning and putting up your hand and said, no one ever invites me into their home, or I only see people at Sunday and Wednesday at community, then may I suggest that you start inviting yourself into their home or invite them into your home. I'd used to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to wait to be invited into people's home, because I know we have busy lives, but unless we actually go, hey, man, I'd love to connect with you. Can I, come, can I come and have a coffee with you? Can I come to your house for dinner? Why don't you come to my house for dinner? And if you don't, if you, if you, if you stump there because of finances and say, I don't have a lot of money, toast and water is fine. It's not about what you eat. It's about spending time together. All right. Don't make it about the food. Oh, try and outdo each other. I mean, there is that scripture, try and outdo each other with honor. Don't try to do each other with cooking, all right? Honor is different. Devote yourselves to the breaking of bread. That thing as well, when you're getting together, are you remembering what Jesus did on the cross? Are we remembering what he did for us, that he died for us, that he shed his blood for us, and devoting ourselves to prayer? Prayers. Jesus, we need you. Lord, we can't do this in our own strength. We need your spirit to come and just give us revelation. And so, Lord, even as I've shared, and even though these might be tools and practical handles, Lord, I pray that they would just be so helpful to us. That, Lord, where we have struggled to pray, where we're caught up in maybe our pride and in our insecurities and our just not feeling like we can because of what people will think about us. Lord, I pray right now by your spirit that as the revelation of the need and the necessity of this prayer life that needs to be just strengthened, Lord God, that we wouldn't be worried about the person next to us. We wouldn't be worried about what they're thinking. But Jesus, we would become a people who are devoted to prayer, devoted passionately to prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for this morning. Thank you for the time together again. Thank you that we can gather as one with everyone, kids included. Thank you, Jesus, for our children. Thank you that they're a blessing. Thank you, Jesus, that we get to worship with our family. We get to praise. We get to sing. We get to shout. And, Lord, that this week as we go out and as we, as we meet in Com Group on Wednesday night, Lord Jesus, as we gather on t- Tuesday for foundations, trusting Monet is better. I think he is better. So thank you, Jesus. Continue to touch Monet, that he can be back with us on Tuesday, Lord Jesus. And as Russell joins us next weekend, Father, that, that we would come expectant and excited for you to do great and wonderful things, Lord. But give our pray right now as well, just for boldness to come on every believer, every saint here in this place this morning, that as they go home and as they go into the workplace, they go wherever they go, that they would be bold and courageous and not afraid to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the glory unto salvation. It is the glory unto salvation. Amen.
Amen, amen, amen.